Your American Formula One podcast. My name is Max. I got Parker on my left. Hi, Max. I got Mike on my right. Hey, Max. The Haas boys are all together, ready to talk Formula Ones. Wait, is that what we're talking? Yeah, we're talking deep. We're talking was, wide. I thought this was our relationships podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or is that tomorrow, Welcome that's to tomorrow night? Smooth listening, your relationship podcast for the drive home. We're going to start off different, different, <laughs> different podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's a Thursday podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we released this one on Thursdays. So I see the confusion. Yeah, I'm getting my days mixed up. <laughs> yeah. It's since COVID, I just don't have any sense of time. Well, uh, to start things off, we have a listener who has written in in the past yes. and is now written again to us. Awesome. He is becoming one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, his name's Trevor. All right. Oh. And this Trevor is not the, not the Mercedes fan, Trevor. This is the okay. the kid who got into karting. Yeah. He asks us wow. how, you know, how should I get into racing if I'm, you know, I don't remember know how to Trevor. Get in. Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the good way to start the career? Yeah. Good to hear from you, Trevor. I'm excited to get a progress update. Is that what this is about? I hope so. Yeah. He says, hello, boys of Haas. He's off to a good start. He's, He's our full name. He's a gentleman. <laughs> yes. It's either Yoda or it's Trevor. I'm not I sure. He says, you probably do not remember me. Of course, we remember you. I'm Trevor, that kid who wanted to get into karting. I stopped sending emails last summer, but I have still been karting. Good. Oh, good. So we stopped sending emails, but he kept karting. Yes. Okay. That was better use he, of time. He used us and just left us. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I have switched from indoor electric to outdoor gas powered. Oh. Nice. That's a good move. Well, why is it a good move? Just it's cooler. We'll get into okay, that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Don't worry. Interrupt, interrupt the email. Yeah. I do one and a half hour endurance races. Cool. That's a lot in a cart. Yeah. That's I didn't know they did that. He's going to be swole. That's cool. Like getting strong. Yeah. And 21 lap pro-am races. Wow, this kid's rad. That's awesome. I have been doing all right and have become pretty good in the wet. Washington State always rains. Cool. And out of 20 carts, my average finish is about 15th. I love it. That's awesome. He yeah. says, anyway, that's how I've been getting along. You had talked about the Haas livery last episode, and I thought to make a comment on both the livery and race overalls. They both look like they belong in IndyCar. Ooh. Oh, okay. Ooh, hot take. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part about the new livery is the much darker tone. We do like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more exposed carbon fiber, the less weight. Thank you for reading, Trevor, official Haas boy. P.S. Please make a Haas boys merch store. I need more stickers for my helmet. That's awesome. Yeah. First of all, let me t- let me just make a quick note. Yeah. I love the honesty of being a youth and not needing to flex. Average finish of 15th. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah. I love the honesty. That's killer. Keep progressing up the field. The better you get in the wet, mm-hmm. the sooner no one will be able to stop you. That's so cool. I'm really excited for you. Also, I love the switch from electric indoor to gas outdoor mm-hmm. because electric indoor, although is a very fun setup, it tends 
to not feel dynamically the same way as an open wheel race car or any kind of car. Mm, is it because there's torque so readily available in an electric? I mean, it's pretty similar to gas in that way yeah. just because of how light a go-kart is. And so those dynamics are pretty similar, but the weight is so centered on an electric cart mm. that it doesn't necessarily throw its weight around. When mm. you have a gas powered cart, the engine sits over the back and so when you step off the throttle, the cart wants to swing and slide. And it's a lot easier to get the car rotating through corners on a gas-powered cart than it is in an electric cart. Mm. Then again, those dynamics mm. so are also... Closer, closer to later stages of karting or yeah. driving a real car. Yeah. And so I, mm. for one, have always been a bigger fan of the electric, or excuse me, the gas-powered carts, mm. just because they feel a little bit more to uh, normal driving dynamics, but also just because they're so fun to go sideways. Electric carts tend to understeer and it's just not quite as fun. I mean, he's probably better than me. Last time I went go-karting, I get like car sick. <laughs> <laughs> I started way too late in life. And... Oh, just any sort of racing like that. Well, I think it's just, I just need to get used to it and go more often. I go uh, like once a year. Yeah. <laughs> and so being that low to the ground, you're only going like 30, 40 miles an hour, but like wobbling and weaving back and forth that low, I'm just like, my guts aren't used to it. And so it's like, just more practice, but yeah, Trevor could definitely beat me. Yeah. So. He probably could beat me at this stage, especially in the <laughs> I have like yeah. zero experience. Oh, in that. that's awesome. Dude, Stoked that Trevor wrote news. in. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. Awesome. If you're listening, we always love people who write in, even just tell us what they like about Formula One or ask us a question. So please send in your questions at doshosboys at gmail.com. Let's get his address and send him some stickers. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, we're going to kick off this first part of the episode today talking about the race that just happened in Saudi Arabia. Yes. There's a lot that happened. Yes. And a lot of news that happened. A lot of stuff going on in Formula One right now. Um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. The biggest news, Lewis is firing Angela. Okay. <laughs> for her... For Fire. Her... His bad performance. For her insolence. Yes. And his bad performance. <laughs> and his bad performance. Which is a direct result. <laughs> <laughs> he, was he was carrying too many bags, man. His yeah, arms were tired. He's, like, he's like, my weak wrists. I can't turn the <laughs> steering wheel. I was carrying my own bag to my hotel room. And that was, that was the last straw. You only get one strike with Lewis. No, you, you don't break that camel's back. <laughs> he carries his bag one time. He and doesn't have out. a scooter one time. Yeah. You poo in his toilet one time. <laughs> you're out. You're out. You are so, out. Ooh, the application is up right yes. now for the new assistant. Yes. Yeah, so can you read, Mike, I know you have the, the uh, requirements there in front of you. What are the requirements for Lewis's assistant? Oh, um, soft-spoken. Okay. Can jog. Light on toes. Can yeah. jog. Can jog behind a can. scooter with a clipboard. Yes. Okay. While praising someone. Yes. Okay. Um, and what are some examples of the praising? Uh, has to be blessed. To, okay. So you so are the, so blessed. You are so blessed. They have to remind Lewis of the blessing. <laughs> yes. But also has to equally <laughs> feel blessed. Sometimes even the, this guy, right? <laughs> sometimes even the most blessed of us forget. <laughs> you are wearing really cool clothes right now, Lewis. Yeah. Uh -huh. You look yeah. really great. You yeah. look better than everyone. Oh. And it looks like you're a fashionista instead of a driver. It does look like that. You're, you're nailing it. Uh, make sure that Lewis is wearing jewelry, although it's banned. Mm. So that's another requirement. Make sure that he is wearing inappropriate jewelry. Scoop, scoop dog poop. Um, yes, scoop, Scooper. Okay. For the dog. Uh, What's his name? Roscoe. Roscoe, the bulldog. Rascal. Uh, uh, any education requirements? <laughs> How can one get into being a Lewis assistant? What's yeah, the... So for, for those of us that are listening, what that are the leagues that you have to... <laughs> 
Where does somebody get their foot in the door? I think that they need to have uh, a degree in calisthenics. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, probably finish first in the assistant championships in Euro, Euro yeah. Cup assistant championships. What's that? Oh, you know, they compete. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I thought it was a real thing. It's like, no. the, it's like, it is a real thing. It's like a Eurostar. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, this is something I didn't know. <laughs> uh, I feel really dumb now. But yeah, Angela's leaving. Angela's gone. Yeah. And, right. you know, Dwight Schrute went through this period. Who, who's Dwight Schrute? I mean, the actual character, or was yeah. there a guy named Dwight Schrute no, who assisted? Or, or, or just the new name for Lois. <laughs> <laughs> or George, George Russell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man. Uh, but, Lance. 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 Yeah. yeah. Not George. But everybody loses an Angela as far mm. as Lewis and a Dwight are concerned in this case. And uh, I mean, I, you know what was interesting about it is I felt like there was this, like, it was on equal terms and totally, like, everything was formidable and, like, they decided to do that together. Like, she needed to move on with things in her life or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then when Total Wolf was asked about it... Oh, was there a different story? It was a little different. Uh-huh. And Toto started to elaborate on Lewis's welcome to leave Mercedes if he wants. It was a very weird, weird. response. I feel like it, it was one of those things that he wasn't necessarily prepared for that question. Oh, when someone asked him, like the Toto off guard. Yeah, and he was kind of like, uh, "Yeah, I was uh, was uh, amicable and everything was great." And you know, and Lewis, he's also welcome to leave if he yeah, wants. If Lewis wants to leave Mercedes. He can. <laughs> Nobody said and we that. commend that, and that was that's literally like that's essentially what it came out as. And I, I was like, "Well, we've been joking about this Red Bull DMs, but maybe that buzz is starting to get a little bit more serious." So, interesting. Very interesting. But that was just the kind of background news to all the race weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy race. It was definitely the most important yeah. news of the weekend. You said the race was boring. I hated every Why? second of it. <laughs> Why? I mean, I, Jetta is a cool looking it's circuit. Incredible racetrack. And I love watching them go around there. Mm. And I love how hard it is for the drivers. But amazingly, we didn't have a safety car for an accident. Yeah, just a stroll. Just for a Lance Stroll breaks on fire. Mm. Is that what he stopped for? Yeah. I didn't really. Did you hear him why. getting scolded? No. No. <laughs> Lance, stop the car. Stop the car. No, Lance, stop it right now. Yeah. Stop the car right now. <laughs> We're going to get your dad on next. Okay. Yeah. Don't make us get your dad. Right here. <laughs> Lance, I said stop. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty nervous. Lance, this is your father. Dad? You stop that car right now. Here? You get back home real quick. Okay. (laughs) Maybe the nice Marshall will drive me over. (laughs) On his scooter. (laughs) (laughs) The gut-wrenching growl. (laughs) And he's just like, don't don't tell Alonzo. He's my favorite. <laughs> uh, that was a fun part of the race. Yeah, that was a good part of the race. I forgot it happened quite like that. You yeah, know? yeah, but yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, I was. I guess more eventful in that way than I realized. Uh, go back and listen. Yeah, it's I will. Really if, funny. if you listen between the lines, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between the you'll lines. hear all that. It's all there. I would love to highlight Haas. Yes. Um, I mean, Kevin Magnuson got a point. The first point of the year. We love it. We of course, love it that's so huge. Much. And also, Kevin was battling with Sonoda. Yeah. And Sonoda's tires went off just at the right time. Kevin mm-hmm. had preserved the tires to the end of the race and was able to attack and get that final position for points. And that was 
huge. That was the best part of the race, in my opinion. I was able to pay attention to the tire strategy this time. Like I've, I've now kind of like been learning enough to be like, oh, Magnuson and, and Nico are both on hards right now. Right. And they are probably going to bank on a safety car. If not, they're at least going to try and run past everyone when they go in for pit. So they're pl- doing like the long haul one-stop strategy. And it yeah. worked out really well for them. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. And uh, I thought that, the, you know, I guess like the other parts of the race that were less fun for me, I guess, mm-hmm. is that it just seems as though... Red Bull is running away with this. Yeah, yeah. And that's a bit of a bummer. And having said that, Checo winning this race is still huge. He's one point out of the championship lead. Dude, it almost oh, came. He's that. almost going to be leading he right was now almost until leading the fastest which, lap. Right, which Max was not supposed to take. <laughs> right. Well, you got that radio, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> what was it? They Max said, is like, okay, what's uh, fastest lap? He's like, you don't need to worry about that. Oh. He's like, or, or he said, we don't need to worry about that. And he said, I do. Oh, he. What's fastest lap? <sighs> I love it. Yeah. Max sucks. He's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> he sucks. Yeah. And then last race when he's like, okay, what's the pace? He's like, uh, you're, you're two seconds uh, ahead of blank. And he's like, what's Checo? He's like, he's this. And he's like, okay. And then the race engineer says, okay, keep it to 130. Yeah. And he yeah, says, yeah. everybody. And he says, like, and, and like, what? like, like everybody's yeah. doing 130. And Checo, Checo did the same thing. He was like, 32.6. What is Max running? And he's like, he's running a 33.0. And he's like, okay, so he's four tenths sl- slower than me. Like they were both playing this game of like, what laps am I being yeah. told to run? Max was asking, his engineer said, do 130, whatever, yeah. and don't top it. And he's like, and everybody's going to do that? He's like, yeah, Checo's going to do it too. Wow. Like he just is and, not... And man, Max was chipping away at Checo's at lead. Wow. Because he wasn't listening. <laughs> the, I think this will hopefully be where we get all of our action. Is yeah. Checo it's gotta bringing be. it to Max. It's got to be. I mean, it was such a bummer that Alonzo got a penalty and that... I mean, look, was it two weeks ago at Bahrain? I was dying. I was laughing so hard at Ocon for all the penalties. Yeah, <laughs> like they just it just kept lobbing them at him. <laughs> and I, I was like, okay. It was the like Mario like, Kart where like, you get hit with a shell and you get going again, then you hit a banana, <laughs> you get going again, hit with a blue shell. It was like, Ocon. And then you think, and then you hit the upside down Take question mark mystery box. You are going to the back. Yeah, yeah. you're just, <laughs> not, just stop racing this race. Wait, she really thought that he was racing Alonzo, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he comes out with three actual penalties yeah. and Alonzo way to have him. He's like, oh, I had him. It's like, you guys aren't even in the same <laughs> universe, bro. The thing is, is that with uh, with Ocon's, I was kind of just getting a laugh out of it. But now when we're talking like podium positions in the points, like there's a lot of things that are at stake with what they did to Alonzo. And when you think about it, he was just like a few inches too far to the left in his starting box for the race. There's a few characteristics about these new cars that are really tricky, but one of them being that the tires are enormous. Mm-hmm. And so like spatial awareness of like understanding where pencil marks on the concrete are, yeah, <laughs> right. are is really tricky when you have a 19 or an 18 inch wheel mm-hmm. with a tire on it and you're sat so low in the car with a freaking you know, sandal thing in front of you yeah, with the but halo. We're paying him millions of dollars to do that. That's so true. just get it right. I mean, in a way, it's like they do play with margins of error of nothing when yeah. they go to the wall. Yeah, bear in mind, the majority of those barriers, they can't see. It's all feel. They actually, wow. they actually cannot see over the tire and see where mm-hmm. they are against those bar- barriers. Mm-hmm. 
It's all based on that side pod. I because think that the, that's an advantage. The wheels are about as tall as those, as a lot of them are about as tall as those barriers. Mm-hmm. Right. That's crazy. So it's a pretty hard visibility situation for those. I think that it would have been a more suited penalty if he was too forward in the box, but he was just mm-hmm. too far to the left. My, I was watching it with my dad and he was like, why would they care? Right. And I thought, well, maybe when they start the race, the initial jump, he gets a little bit more leeway going this way or darting this way. If you're out of the lines. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause some Margins guys cut left, again. some guys cut right. And it makes sense that they give him a tiny little yeah. envelope to be in. And then my dad's like, that eh, makes sense. And if you make a rule, you got to stick to it. You got to stick to it. Break it. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that again, if it would be another thing, if Alonzo was pointing in a direction, but he was just mainly off center. Yeah. And so anyways, I think that there's it, or the rule is the rule in that case. But he, he got back to the podium. He got back to the podium. And then we were scared when they gave it to the... And then they took it away. The, I actually, the old George. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, boy. Did not need to see him strutting around like he just got on a podium. You know, I, I got to say that the Mercedes admin that like runs their Twitter and Instagram is just... He's just awesome. He's so funny. Or she. Oh, yeah. They, they posted a picture of George with the trophy and they were like, upgraded podium. <laughs> and then when they gave it back to <laughs> Fernando, they just just put a black box over the trophy and put fourth place. They're like, still a good picture. And it's just, it's just really funny. funny. Uh, I think people, you know how George has that dumb where he's, he's doing the Michael Jackson. This is it pose for (laughs) his intro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like everyone mocked him, but I think he thinks it's cool mocking (laughs) because like, He's like, like, this is my using it as like other cool things now. And it's like, dude, you're, this isn't what you think it is. (laughs) The misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, uh, George, I don't think you get it, man. But and, uh, more, going back to what we said before, more reasons to hate Max Verstappen, his dad. Yeah. Can we talk about his dad? I mean, he like smiled as Checo came up and then he went straight back he to the Yas Verstappen He didn't smile until I think face. he realized the camera was there. Yeah. Film in. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's something about like, I get it. Like Max is that like F1 champ that like has to win. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I, I got to give it to Lewis in this sense. Lewis was a gracious loser to, to Valtteri. Yeah. He was never, like, bitter or, like, non-congratulatory towards Valtteri when he won something. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I do think that Max, like, Max didn't park in Park Ferme. Oh, he's oh, the worst. He oh, went into the yeah. pit lane instead of parking in Park Ferme. What a jerk. And I was just <laughs> kind of like, dude, you're such a sore loser. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like cheer your teammate on this is a big moment for him yeah back-to-back no, pole positions in saudi arabia perez is stoked yeah like that was a huge moment for him man so i don't know that also means he's feeling threatened big yeah time. for sure i'd love to see max fall apart yeah because he starts to make bad decisions he does he, i, he I crashes didn't notice a lot to, his, to his credit and maybe like lewis isn't even a threat right now so it probably didn't even come across his radar but when he was approaching lewis to pass there was a tiny little moment where he almost thought about going around at a tricky corner and then he just he just waited two more seconds onto the straight and passed him. Right. And I was like, he's probably learned from the other seasons to like just be a little cool bit more patient. It. Yeah. Your car's crazy fast. Yeah. Well, Don't I think take that's, risks. I yeah. think that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. Lewis even said uh, after the race that <laughs> these are his words exactly. That is the fastest car I've ever seen. Yeah. With Red Bull. Crazy he's like, fast. I don't know if I've ever seen an F1 car be that fast. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so for those that don't know, fill us in on the Joe's first happen thing. Yeah. It was after the race had finished and Checo was out of his car celebrating and running over to the Red Bull team to give high fives to all the mechanics. 
in between like crowds of mechanics, there's Max Verstappen's dad. And he is like staunch face, like just like mean mugging yeah. <laughs> this Checo <laughs> win. And he's just not even paying attention or just looking straight wow. ahead. And then the camera, he knows the camera's there and he kind of gives a little like, okay, yes, the, the win has happened kind yeah. of a thing. But it's just like, oh, you, you're just, you're just mad. So what, what is, what world or like what assumptions are Joe and Max operating under that they think that that, that that's the appropriate response? The, maybe they're just threatened. Yeah. Like, like he's mad. Like yeah. set, there was an expectation that was broken. Is the expectation is that number two driver must come to second? Interesting. Does he just believe that? And does Max believe that probably it's his job to just support mm. and to be Valtteri Bottas, mm, right? Like, yeah, is that his expectation? Is that what Max is mad about? Like, what else could they be mad about? Yeah. He didn't wrong him in any mm. way, not in an any way. And, yeah. and and in other races, it could have been argued that he did, right? But in this case, he didn't wrong him in any way. Not so. The only ounce. thing he could be pissed off at is that he's not being Valtteri, yeah. right? That he didn't get the win for free that he didn't yeah. give him first yeah. right so they must think that he's supposed to be giving him first max first yeah interesting yeah parker that's that's crazy like what else could it be yeah you're right and it has to be that and, and I, that's just gonna seep seep into the team right yeah, until somebody wakes up max yeah. right it's not helped by the fact that christian and max are whispering that all the time i'm True. sure right that christian's like hey i know that uh I know that Checo like got close this time, but like we're it's not going to be that way anymore. Wow. I'm sure it's top down. That's got to that be so everybody accurate. I mean, that it's everybody expect that because yeah. like why else would Max Max be pissed if he's not if it's not okay to be pissed yeah. in his team because Christian thinks the exact same thing because they're like mega bro buddy go to my wedding guys yeah. and Checo is not. Yeah, no, that, that's crazy. Totally. Um, and you just contrast that against Checo's dad who was like so happy when Max won in Mexico. Yeah, Sergio stood on the podium yeah. in Mexico and he couldn't have been happier. He was yeah. kissing Max's villains, forehead dude. and stuff. You know what I mean? They're like villains. A, a, the Verstappens are... They're deep in the DNA of Red Max Bull. Max sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, he, it, he really does suck. <laughs> it kind of bugged me. I And this is why I think uh, champion leaders kind of bug me is because first off, Red Bull has this crazy fast car. And so for Max to start at anywhere besides first and make his way back to the front, it's not hard, in my opinion. It's like, eh, it took him a little while to get beyond something, but he'll eventually do it. Yeah. Right. And then for the uh, interviews after the race, when they're like, you know, how did it go, Max? He's like, yeah, like, you know, it was a struggle. You know, I really had to work my way. It's like, you didn't have to work your way. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just I don't like this smugness. Yeah, <laughs> or, totally. Or this, pre this fake hum humble stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, and I, again, just to talk about the next car in line, it just seems like it should be a lot further ahead than it is, Charles was able to make up a lot of ground and come back into competitive territory, but nowhere near Max. Uh, no, and I mean, he had the, the grid, pay, grid place penalty just as Max had the transmission fail and qualifying. Does Ferrari need an energy drink sponsor? <laughs> it, I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I was mean, wondering if that would help. <laughs> I could mean, help. Could, could help. Could hurt. Mean, it, yeah, right now, anything It's espresso help. right now. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then Good also, help. it just seems as though like <laughs> Mercedes actually had a decent race. Yeah. And I think that that was what was interesting about hearing Lewis be like, I've never seen a car that fast or whatever comment he made mm -hmm. is because Mercedes had a pretty strong showing. Like yeah. George was really close to being on the podium 
yeah. had the had the penalty had stuck. So anyways. it was it was good to see Alonzo just slowly creeping ahead of Mercedes and just yeah. slowly gaining mm-hmm. more gaps. He between. rocked Russell. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. He didn't sneak yeah, by dude. Russell at all. He flew past Russell. Yeah. And Russell complaints over the radio might be the new most annoying thing during a race. He had another moment. What Did you guys hear that? Yeah, what he was, was complaining he about had an, something. He had another. <gasps> <laughs> What's that, George? Like another one, and I was just laughing. Full Mr. To, Bean on that radio. Yeah, he seriously did. And it was another. It was another. Like he was so confident in what he was saying, yeah. and nothing was oh, heard. Man, Actually, you know what's funny about that too is that I was watching Drive to Survive, and I finished the season, and I got to like the last episode. And it was like late. It was like one in the morning or something. And I was just like, I'm powering through this. I'm half awake. Mm-hmm. And during the episode, they cut to George Russell's camera. And the audio comes over. That's the last race. I'm pushing as hard as I can. Uh, I was the- and I laughed so hard. <laughs> I'm I pushing as hard as I can. I, yeah, I couldn't believe that Netflix used the sound bite that we were that so we confused made about. That, that we spent half an episode on. That's oh last my season, gosh. dummies. I was dying. And I hope that yeah. anyone who listens was also encountered that same moment because yeah. it was it was really funny to me. It maybe shouldn't have been, but it was great. It was a great race. Um, I've seen that the Formula One put out like highlights of Kevin Magnuson passing Sonoda, so that really was awesome pass. a great yeah. highlight of the race for me. Uh, it was super, super weird to see Oscar's Piastras. <laughs> Oscar's Piatras. Pia, Piastros. Oscar Piastros. Yeah. Fittipaldi's Pizza. <laughs> it was weird to see him fighting Lewis. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a decent qualifying effort, yeah. um, only to have, unfortunately, nothing to show for it towards the end of the race. I mean, that back of the grid was just fighting to not be last. Yes. <laughs> the whole <laughs> last part of the race. Man, it was actually great to see Logan Sargent just stick it to Norris. Ooh. And I was, he just was, it was like if, if, uh, if F1 cars had doors, he was slamming doors with Norris. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as aggressive as you could get with an F1 car. <laughs> More like bumping halos. Oh yeah. Is that a Sugar Ray song? Yeah. I was thinking, um, <laughs> So, I mean, if if we progress and kind of where we're at based on like the race we just had. Right. Haas is looking really, really good. They are for sure. We're doing better than McLaren. Better Way than better. Williams. Right. Better than Alfa Romeo. Right. And... We were hanging with Alpine the whole race for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Like last year we finished eighth. It's like it could be very realistic to finish sixth. Yeah. And also Alfa Tauri, like Yuki Sonoda, the reason that Kevin was even battling with him was timing of safety car when Yuki was able to get a set of tires. Mm. And so that moved him like way up the field and he was in like eighth Mm. place after the safety car. Mm. And so that was a fluke that he was kind of in that position to begin with. Mm. And so in any other given race, we wouldn't have been battling an AlphaTauri. It would have been more like an Alpine. My favorite part of when Kevin Magnuson passed Sonoda is when they put on Sonoda's radio and he just was like, just screaming. I was like, I can just see him doing that. Yeah, he yeah. Is just, Luckily it wasn't anymore. They just, they didn't play all the curse words. He said, they just did yeah. the screaming just, part. <laughs> Scream cut too soon. I saw Yuki's name next to Gasly on like the, the running order after the safety card. It was like the Alpine and, but an Alpha Tauri. And I was mm. like, Oh, they're there together. again." <laughs> yeah. Man, Alpine has just become BWT again. Like, yeah, 
That is so pink. Just for the Middle Eastern races. Oh, really? And then they'll go back to the blue oh, car. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so the when they race in Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, and I think Abu Bonnaroo. Dhabi. Bahrain. Music Festival. Jabba the Hutt's Palace. Mm. <laughs> they use the pink livery in those places, and then for the rest of the year, it's the blue car with the pink side. Okay. Pod. Okay. Well, that's, that's a bit better. Yeah. Um, great. So, so in Australia, it should be blue. Cool. Any other thoughts about the race recap you guys have or again i'm just being spoiled last year's yeah. race was so good that charles and that max were handing the uh the lead back and forth with each other and really battling it out and i just felt like this year was a little bit disappointing in that front but it was a good race yeah cool i had fun good. i didn't hate as much as you did yeah probably shifting gears we would like to talk today we want to talk about sponsors because last week, Haas was getting a lot of flack. Yeah. They're getting some heat. Getting some heat because of potential dealings with Russia, rumors flying around. And so we wanted to kind of talk about sponsors, talk about Gunter's grit in keeping sponsors for Haas and keeping the team afloat. But Parker, you have thoughts on this. I do. So last week, PBS, known for its hard-hitting journalism <laughs> and... Uh, Daniel yeah. Tiger. Just absolutely <laughs> scorched earth. Who, who's the journalist? Is it journalism. that Muppet with the trench coat? Uh, no, it's one of the two old men. <laughs> from Sesame it's, Street? From the Muppets. It's one of the two <laughs> old okay. men. So guys, That's not half bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one on the left. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, good. He went on his, uh, on his last week on earth. He's very old. He mm-hmm. went and did some just hard-hitting investigative journalism about Haas. <laughs> And uh, published it through PBS, and they made the claim mm-hmm. that Haas has been supplying Russia with machines to make weapons oh. of war. This is the grift of the article: is that Haas is supporting Russia in the Ukra- in the war against Ukraine? Big claim. That's the, that's Holy genuinely cow. that's the it's outrageous the PBS headline impression. Oh geez. The, the official headline. Oh my gosh. So so the actual headline is American company accused of violating sanctions and doing business with Russian arms industry. Wow. Which is really funny yeah. because that's the headline of the article that's accusing them of doing this. Right. It's not that someone is accusing them and it's this company's being accused of violating sanctions. It's we're accusing Haas. PBS. It's PBS (laughs) and in particular this one guy, Simon Ostrovsky. Wow. But that's the headline. Yeah. Okay. A little weird. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely not the traditional news route, which would be area man allegedly attacks (laughs) crocodile. Florida man. (laughs) Yes. Ties to Russia found with American company. Right. That would be the headline. That's true. But the headline is American company accused by Mm. someone, Mm. us, of violating (laughs) sanctions and doing business, not with Russia, but with the Uh, Russian arms uh, industry. Yeah. What a heated headline. Yeah, yeah. that like, was what a poking the bear. headline. Yeah, for real. Okay. And all of this accu- accusation is contained in one article. And now you might be wondering why we're talking about this. And it's because it was national news. Right. I only saw deal. it on the Reddit. Sanctions are a huge deal. I saw it on national news. Wow. And that's why we're talking about it a little bit is because this blew up. Yeah. And bear in mind that it usually when you hear a headline... 
it's somebody's reporting over here. Something's coming in over here. There's information coming over here. They're looking into it in this company. No, this entire story begins and ends with this one article (laughs) by Simon Ostrovsky. And that's why I dug into it as I started seeing, I started thinking like, what is this thing? Uh And typically in this case, normally like it would be the Department of Homeland Security or whatever (laughs) investigate Haas automation for not living to the sanctions Mm -hmm. and selling them, you know, things to make artillery. Gene Haas has been indicted by a court. That would be a normal headline. (laughs) But in this case, it was just like bold accusations out of PBS. Out of PBS. And that's where it ends. That's where it began and that's where it ends. And it's crazy because this absolutely blew up. CNN, Associated Press. Like I, when you Google this, the top uh, echelon of news outlets all started posting it. It's insane. That is wild. And I'm starting to wonder, was he just a Mick Schumacher fan? (laughs) (laughs) Is this like a vendetta? Like against Gene and Gunter for letting Mick go? This was just seemed so out of left field. So this, it begins and ends with this article, this entire story. Right. So what's the big bombshell? Yeah. Well, I read through this whole thing. And by the way, it's more of a video. Okay. Okay. Like all the stuff that I'm reading online is just transcripts of a video that PBS released. And it's a Vice style video because Simon Ostrovsky is a Vice journalist. Okay. The entire video is footage of Russians making weapons and talking about what CNC machinery can do. No mention of Haas? Now, that's like 80% of it is cutting to Russia and then they go to, they go to the floor of some arms manufacturer and they're holding a mortar. He's like, so this is a, this is a 60 millimeter mortar and this is one example of something that can be created with a CNC machine. And also the, the military industrial complex needs CNC machines because that's what you need to make missiles and make tanks and planes. The whole thing is talking about what you can make with a CNC machine. Whoa. No joke. Weird. It's like a Interesting. great, it's actually a great education about what CNC machining okay. is. Interesting. Like, nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, hmm, so what does this have to do with Haas? Yeah. And why are they showing images of mortars? Yeah. Right. And, and talking about how you can make missile guidance systems out of literally any CNC machine, which there are thousands of manufacturers right. of CNC machines and it's been around since the 80s. And it comes down to this one. <laughs> <laughs> we spent months combing through Russian government procurement databases. So Russian databases okay. and customs records to establish that Haas, the largest machine tool builder in the Western world, supply supplies multiple Russian manufa- R- Russian weapons manufacturers with sophisticated equipment known as CNC machines. Okay. Everybody was doing business with everybody in Russia up until the sanctions. Right. right. There was no sanction on anything. <laughs> right. And there was tons of people working for everybody in Russia. Right. right. Nobody cares. No one cares. No. Now, the second one is, Customs records reviewed by NewsHour show that shipments continued for months after Russia's invasion began. At least 18 shipments were wa- were made to Russia directly from Haas, worth 2.8 million from March 4th through October of last year. So six months, and that's the entire bombshell. Is one st- is one single line that says we have found customs records that 18 shipments were made. Through blank, 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 through blank, blank, blank. They don't say 
who, what customs records, where they came from, mm. how they got them. They say nothing of that. The entire thing hinges on that one sentence, which is that we found some customs records that say that 18 shipments went out. And then Haas comes back and says, no, we stopped, yeah. but we used to send tons of stuff because everybody sent tons of stuff to Russia, but we stopped right. here. And that was business. So here's why this is insane. And also just to note, Haas has denied this up and down. Yeah. Like that's insane. And everybody looks at, you look at 2.8 million. You're like, wow, 2.8 million. That's yeah. a lot. Do you know how much money Haas makes in a year? How much revenue or how much they sell in a year? I cannot even fathom. I actually don't know. One billion dollars. <laughs> right of revenue in a year. Yeah. So a billion dollars. So do you know how much two, bil- two million is of one billion? 2%? 0.2%. Do you know how much machinery two million dollars is? Is it like half like, of a machine? Yeah, it's like a drill bit. It's like 12 machines. Okay. Yeah. It's Crazy. like 12 shipping containers. Right. So here comes the, this is why this whole thing, this is all just an illustration of why this whole thing is actually, and I didn't realize this until I was researching for this episode because yeah. I wanted to be able to, you know, to know something about it. This is one of the most ridiculous things that's ever hit headlines. <laughs> it genuinely is for a few reasons. Do you think a billion dollar company is going to risk their entire billion dollar business on point? Not even, not even 1%. Right. 20% of 1% yeah, yeah. of their revenue for the entire year thinking they're going to risk all of that for, yeah, for $2 million, 0.2% of their entire income. Right. No, they're absolutely not. Also, are those 18 machines going to mean the difference between win and defeat in, no. th- in the current conflict? I don't think so no. either. And, and so- way, way more reason to believe, six months, by the way, is there's way more reason to believe that all of that stuff went out in the beginning of the year and just got to Russia yeah, on a big over the freight next line or whatever. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. it's like three shipments. Anyways, yeah. the whole thing is just absurd. The official the official stance of the Hoss Boys podcast is that was one of the most insane, overblown things I've ever <laughs> encountered, and I didn't realize how overblown it was. Read the uh, statement from the Haas F1. They're talking about all the stuff that they're sending to Ukraine for free. Mm-hmm. They're expediting shipping to for, for free, you know, to to Ukraine to support their war effort. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the whole thing a little bit ridiculous. And I'm wondering like, what Dude. what, what led to this article even being released? I love that you deep dived into that. That's just crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, what was the guy's name? Simon Ostrovsky Simon a Russian was going guy. for a Pulitzer, dude. He yeah, was digging seriously. hard. <laughs> he, he thought he found something. Yeah. He was like, he's like, the Nobel Prize, my name next to Jimmy Carter. <laughs> it's going I to looked happen. him up. It's been a little while since, he, since he's had a hit. <laughs> yeah. That also said, they cut ties with Earl Colley and Nikita and their distributor in Russia, which is called Automat. Yeah. They, just, they cut ties with all three of those within three days. Mm. Those, all three of those happened within three days of each other and they were within like a day of the sanctions yeah, happening. Yeah, acted so fast. And I guarantee you that that was a larger portion than the 0.2% that we're talking about that they oh, dropped yeah. of their business in order to Good satisfy this fact that they did not want to support what was happening in the Russian-Ukraine conflict. So, I mean, it's like... It's 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 amazing to me to even make that accusation if you had witnessed any of this in the mm-hmm. turn of events that we did. Yeah. I remember being incredibly proud of how quickly they acted. Yeah. 
I think uh, one of the things that I I liked about people talking about it so much because I realized that oh, and it, we've talked about it before on the podcast in reference to Kraken Schaffenauer is Otmar <laughs> Krakenauer. Crack, crack Shack half an hour. Release the Otmar <laughs> Krakenauer. Hey, meet, meet, meet me the Crack Shack in half an hour. <laughs> it's like when people are like throwing shade at you, it's because like we're actually competitive and we're a threat. And so... Right. Yeah. I do wonder. Yeah. Is, Crazy. Is is it a Mick fan yeah, who is just a, really mad? Exactly. Who decided to write an article to make Gunter look bad? Yeah, it's yeah. funny. But it's a really good like uh, launch into like talking about our sponsors. Um, when everyone was like dragging Gunter through the mud, like he was selling bazookas to Russians himself. Right. right. I was like, dude, <laughs> this guy is like he has time. at the helm of a team that is just barely above water all the time. Right. And he doesn't have Mercedes money, doesn't have Ferrari money. It's always on his back to keep this team just like alive and going. Yeah. And like, I thought we should talk about, cause I, I admire him for that. Like no one else is working harder than Gunter and right. it's probably so hard to get sponsors and I have no idea how much they cost or like what they're paying to the team. So I thought like, yeah, if, if, if we had time, we want to talk about like a bit of like what goes into getting a sponsor, like, how big of a deal is it that Ur- Urukai, the Urukai got let go from the, <laughs> the team? By the way, 13 million. I just Man flesh. Up. For what? For Urukai. Oh, see, crazy. Or, so excuse my, me. It, it was 13 million that they had already paid. Mm. And it looks like it was going to be like 25 million. Oh, wow. All told for the year. So is that normal for like sponsorship, Mike? Like, what do you? Yeah. So, I mean, in my investigating and kind of understanding. Man, like we are how, such investigative journalists today. Yeah, I love it. We're just like PBS. We are applying for PBS. <laughs> just speculative. Yeah, just whipping them out left and right. Throwing accusations. We've officially the wall. reached true Wayne's World level <laughs> that we are competing with public broadcasting. Uh, so F1 team sponsorship varies in how they're going to sponsor the car and what kind of capacity. Logo placement plays a big role in this, but also. Uh, it, it sometimes there's some kind of mutual benefit, right? So like with uh, some of like McLaren, they have Google Chrome and Android and stuff on their car. That also benefits them because they can ask for equipment and things like that to also Faster help Google them with searches. the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's their sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're getting in return. We're going to give you the fastest Google searches. <laughs> We're going to give you fiber in your <laughs> McLaren headquarters. Google fiber. The Ooh. thing is about... An F1 car, the sponsorship and how it all works. And to your point, Haas has gone through several eras at this point of sponsorship issues. And, and people I think like that, to mock Haas and we like to mock it. Like yeah. it's fun, but rich energy was a, was a, was a funny thing. Rich energy was a, it was a very disaster. funny thing. And Earl Colley was unfortunately something that we wouldn't have seen coming. Essentially the idea behind rich energy and, and, and some of that is because Haas at the time, you got to remember Prior to Drive to Survive, nobody really cared to sponsor an F1 mm. car unless they were winning, mm-hmm. right? That was like the point of being a Patronus or mm. to be, at the time, Infinity and then Aston Martin for Red Bull. And then, uh, you know, any of these, mm. those top dollar sponsors were because they were on the podium and the drivers that were winning were wearing their logos. And that's essentially the value that was being brought to the table. Since Drive to Survive, Gunter Steiner has even been quoted saying this, that the real estate of an F1 car has dramatically changed. Really? Because just being able to own a team now 
is something that's so exclusive that the Andretti's are having a hard time getting their foot in the door. Wow. So Gunter bought like an investment at a really good price that is now shot through the roof. Right. It's like owning a house in the US. <laughs> <laughs> if you bought before 2020, yeah, you're it's a hyped. house. Yeah. It's just a house. It's just absurdly expensive now. Likewise, to that analogy, the mm-hmm. real estate of an F1 car has suddenly turned the tide. And now every F1 car is valuable because it's getting television. It's getting eyeballs through Netflix. Right. There is like equal amount of screen time for all of the teams in that way. So it's interesting. I having, didn't think of that. Yeah. When you think about it, these teams now have the opportunity to really sell those billboard spaces and make a good, make a quick buck. The only team that seems to be really struggling with it at the moment is Williams, who the only thing that anyone knows is that there's a battery on top of the car with the Duracell logo. (laughs) And it's like, other than that, it's just a blue car. Right. Anyways, the typical F1 team sponsorships can range from anywhere from $1 million up to $50 million. So like uh, Patronus is probably paying $50 million to be on the Mercedes car. Right. And uh, with Ineos, yeah. which is also a Mercedes AMG sponsor, mm. they went to the extent of buying a third piece of the team. So as we talked oh. about a few episodes ago, it's Total Wolf, Mercedes AMG, and Ineos as the three wow. owners of that team. Do we have any facts on the MoneyGram deal for Haas? We, I'm uh, just throwing that at you. Yeah, That's a curveball. Because now they, they kind of changed their name, just like every team would do when they have a title sponsor. Right. That It appears that MoneyGram alone and their sponsorship deal with Haas is bringing $60 million to the table. Whoa, more than Patronus? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's More than Earl crazy. Collie. Right. Ooh, that's a good point. Right. Like, by a lot. By a lot. Um, so that's like title sponsor. Right. Do we know the Palm Angels? Because I've been thinking, like, it's a tiny little logo. On a, in like a weird part of the car, what's the Palm Angel deal? From what it sounds like, it's the mi- the minimum is a million. That's crazy. And so that side of the car that's lower, I mean, they could be charging as as little as a million, but it could be five. Yeah. And so uh, you know, the interesting part of this, and something that I do think is the dynamic that's being played by Zach Brown, and I think what makes him a little bit influential in the sense of what he's doing is the lack of consistency in sponsorship from McLaren. I think that what he's doing, I think, yeah. And I think what he's doing is that I think that he is making it specific to target market for where the race is taking place Mm -hmm. and then charging a premium. So the billboard space on the side of the McLaren is something that you pay more for, but in a relevant market to where they're running the car that week. Oh, interesting. He, yeah, he is just because he is the advertising king and he's focused on that rather than the engine. Yeah. Which is why McLaren <laughs> sucks, but they always have sponsors. And I, th- I think the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because the better sponsors we have, the Haas is getting the more like we're going to be right at that budget cap. Right. So we're going to be competitive with the Red Bulls and the Mercedes and the, and the Ferraris. And we finally made it to their tier. And I think yeah. that that's something that we're seeing a little bit more of. So basically the idea of the rules this with the new changes and then also the budget cap was to essentially level the playing field. And right now we have the same budget that Mercedes and Ferrari has. And so that also gives us the opportunity to be like, hey, Gunter, you have the ability to go and steal somebody from another team who's a chief aerodynamicist mm-hmm. or whatever. Wow. And really put us on a tier that is Ferrari eventually. Start. Well, and then here's the other, here's the last point I'll make. And this is something that's a, a, on topic with the budget cap that we haven't even pointed out yet. 
One of the most innovative things that happened this year so far was Haas showing up with the mini pit wall. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the mini pit wall, but it was such a genius idea. Instead of making the gigantic grandiose pit wall that everyone always brings every week to every race, Mm -hmm. Haas made a three seater, Mm -hmm. it might be four, little pit wall that was a micro machine version of what they normally bring. They made six of them and strategically place them throughout the globe so that way they didn't have to haul and freight a pit wall to so all cool. of these different innovative. races. That's, that's innovative supply chain shipping stuff. It's it cool. Was, guess how much money they're saving? $12 billion. There you go. $12.50. <laughs> He's close. There's a 50 in it. It's $200,000 in just the making of the one pit wall and $250,000 in freight. So wow. they saved half a, half a million dollars in development costs by just having a smaller pit wall. That's, That's crazy. That was just with the pit wall idea so for this year, which they could put towards something else. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I don't know to kind of wrap up these thoughts. I wanted to. I'm glad we talked about it because I I I think Gunter is such like a rock star, and we see him as like this funny guy who's kind of saying cool things and he's allowing us to like you know laugh with him. Right. But he's like just so determined to keep this team going. Last year, he was quite saying like I'd like screw the whole paddock for like yeah uh, some for points. Point. And right, it's yeah. like, dude, he is serious. Like no one he knows. He would do that. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, like no one understands like what he is doing to keep this team alive. Like he pretty much started yeah. this team with Gene, convinced a guy to buy a team, right. then convinced his sponsors to help like fund the team. And now that team is like slowly gaining points. It's such a fun underdog, scrappy, gritty story. By and, Miles, the hungriest yeah. leadership on the grid. And Gunter's just that man. And, I love it. And that's well, why they're paying guys like Simon Ostrovsky <laughs> the right hit pieces. Well, and I think that, again, it's like, yeah, comparison and contrast, rich energy to MoneyGram, who's bringing real money to the table. They've brought, uh, uh, they're helping them get to the budget cap, Chipotle, the Palm Angels. It's like we have legitimate sponsors that are legitimate businesses these days, and we're really playing with the big dogs. It's it's a, so rad to see. So so much credit to Gucci for being able to get us yeah. here. Well, thanks for listening to the episode today. Um, remember to follow us on Instagram, Hossboys. Write us, dosshossboys at gmail.com. Um, and then share us. Tell your friends about us and tell us about your friends. Yes, we're still waiting, we're to, still, <laughs> still waiting to hear. Did we not get any? I didn't hear no anything about No one told me about friends any friends. Week, but yeah. Please let you us know. You guys friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it by telling us about them. <laughs> Who's the journalist? Is it that Muppet with the trench coat? <laughs> it's uh, from the Muppets. It's one of the two old guys. They're all bad. <laughs> <laughs>